Hello, and welcome to How to Fail at College. My name is Paul Crowley. And I'm Carl Beckham. How to Fail at College is a podcast about how to survive college or fail miserably trying. Now, this is one of our special episodes where we're going to review some news items and just discuss that a little bit. And I guess you can call this news BuzzFeed listicles. No, not really, right? That's, that's not news, but we're running with it anyhow. Yeah. Well, it just caught our attention. It's College in America versus College in France, right? So we're going to go through the list, and we're not really sure what's going to happen for each one, but we're going to just going to read what it says for each thing and then react to it in real time. That sound about right? Je suis le grand fromage. Don't get fancy now. Est-ce que je peux aller à toilette, s'il vous plaît? Besito empezar a hablar no, español. <laughs> okay. Sí, dos cervezas. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Number one, in the United States, college campuses are like little towns within a town, whereas in France, it is rarely a quote-unquote unquote, campus in the strict sense, but rather a set of buildings. Right? Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by that one, but they're right. They're the townness of most universities is kind of impressive. Yeah, there's, there's restaurants. There's usually some kind of gym. You have your own security and police force. You know, it is a lot going on. Although I will say, um, where I went to grad school, because it's a smaller kind of private college, it was just the first four floors of the building, office building, that we shared with Porsche. <laughs> so this was Porsche's North American headquarters. So every month they had a different car and display out in the, like the main roundabout. So it was kind of cool to see which one they were going to put out so next. While attending school, you had to walk past a Porsche every day. Motivation, man. <laughs> see, uh, that's, that's making it. For me, it was uh, USC. When I was there, they had the combination Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and if it weren't for that, I probably would not have gained 20 pounds my freshman year. Actually, I had an interesting conversation with students the other day about Taco Bell, and that my wife and I just don't really eat it anymore. For some reason, there was a period of time where we went like two or three years or so without eating it. We kind of transitioned over to like Chipotle and other places like that. And then one day, we decided to go do it. <laughs> It was the worst experience. Tasted like regret. It did. <laughs> and the whole entire time, it, I, it literally felt like I was cheating on Chipotle. <laughs> and so we haven't been back since. The breakfast is doable. I wouldn't know. All right, number two. In the United States, admission is much more selective than in France. In France, there isn't really any selection process for entering. It's sufficient just to apply. So it's, I don't know. That's in our position. We have open enrollment at mm -hmm. our school. Um and we were just looking at, we were talking about this earlier, the most difficult schools to get into and the percentages mm -hmm. that everybody was accepting there. So it's, I don't know, this one doesn't really surprise me all that much. No. It's, it's interesting here at the end, though, it says nearly half of French students give up in their first year of college. That is pretty impressive. That's a high attrition rate. Very high. Uh, let's see. In the United States, call, our class participation is very important and highly valued. In France, speaking up is more intimidating. You want to read that for us, what it says? <laughs> uh, in French culture, you only raise your hand when you're certain that what you are going to say is intelligent and accurate. Amen! Uh, and when you do speak, they stick to analyzing the relevant texts or materials, whereas us American students don't hesitate to make a parallel with our personal lives. So what can we do to change the culture? So we can, <laughs> I think France has got it right on this one. Add French. Um, wow. I don't know. It's... Uh, I use personal experience to tie in those weird stuff and analyzing the relevant texts via the lens of my life. Right. 
But I think you are able to do so because you understand the material and you're sharing something that is related to it. We don't want to obviously discourage students from participating. We want the participation. I just think this based <laughs> it in fact. But there is in the material at hand is at the risk of good. sounding horrid. Isn't that just so French? Uh, I think it's a good thing. Like, French <laughs> no, no, fries, no, no. French it's, toast. Let's no, take it. Heavens, it's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just something that it's so stereotypically French in that that it's it's baffling and fascinating and wonderful and horrible all at the same time. <laughs> I really just love the picture they put with it, too, from A.A. Ron. <laughs> All right. In the United States, most universities have a gym, and sometimes even two or three on campus. Don't we have a gym? Uh, supposedly. I don't know where it's at. I think it's over that way, but it, I've never... It's probably just a um, treadmill. That's like my and garage. Maybe a, like a five-pound weight. <laughs> that sounds exactly like my garage, probably with less clutter. Uh, see, in France, gyms are much less common, and they're rarely free. Oh. Okay, so it says, to work out in France, students have to join the university sports association, when there is one, and pay for access to the gym. And it says, oh, and sports at French universities are nothing like at American colleges. So well, I guess, that, I don't know, that makes sense to me. It, it, they're just getting rid of all the maybe non-essential things. Right? Yeah, but it's still... You don't have to go to the gym to get a good education. Even when I gained those 20 pounds with the combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut, I yeah. still went to the free gym at USC. I didn't know what I was doing, but I went. Oh. I didn't even know if Coastal had one. I didn't go. Okay. I'm pretty well, sure it did. I think they, I'm sure they do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the United States, social life is central to university life. In France, social life is fun, but not essential in order to, has, to have a successful college career. So no sororities in France. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting because I think we've discussed it before. Uh, I was a little antisocial or a little... I had no social life at the actual school itself, right? Because I went yep. somewhere locally, so I had all my friends already. I wasn't caring about interacting with other students. And I think I was still pretty successful, so I'm a little French on that one, I guess. <laughs> Paul Crowley, Francophile. Uh, number six. In the United States, many students have a fake ID to purchase alcohol and get into bars. In France, they drink in bars, at clubs, in the street, in the park, in class, dot, dot, dot. In class. Oh, yeah, it did say in class, didn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, things are a lot different there. Well, no. I, I Drinking culture is so incredibly different mm. when you look at, uh, well, British and French culture as opposed to Americans. Yeah. And just even the schism of the being legal to drink at 18 over there versus mm -hmm. the 21, there's learning curve starts a little early, I suppose. Yeah. And there was something I was listening to the other day. They were trying to make a debate in that... We shouldn't look at necessarily a age-specific restriction because people mature at different rates. You can have a very mature 17-year-old, but a very immature 25-year-old. And so why did we decide 16? That's when you get to drive. right? They, so I don't know how you plan on judging maturity, and, but if they can come up with a system. I think <laughs> maturity I'd be, license? Yeah. I'd be more interested in seeing what they mean by that. All right, number seven. In the United States, three-quarters of students have a job outside of their studies, and even and some even take on two or three small jobs. In France, it is also common to take on a job or internship on the side, um, but they put it in the little small text, but it's less universally widespread, so it doesn't happen as often. So more people in the United States are working while going to school. I worked. I did that. That was me. I did not my first two years, but after that. Uh, let's see, number eight. 
You're already laughing at it. Yeah. Yeah. In the United States, students often go to class in the most comfortable outfit possible, including PJs. Oh, yes. Jammies. In France, they dress, quote, unquote, normally, smiley face emoticon. <laughs> I like the text on this one. Yes. In short, they are civilized while we are not. Dot, now, dot, dot. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm guilty of this in my personal life when going to the grocery store in my uh, basketball shorts and t-shirt that is covered in stains and flip-flops mm -hmm. but yeah going to class i i don't know when it happened with the the jammy pants i i i've had bedroom slippers like big fluffy homer j simpson bedroom slippers in my class before that was impressive uh, as a teacher or a student uh no i it was not me in them oh i i was instructing uh, i noticed but you do wear your darth vader apron sometimes you're going to ruin what I'm doing for exams this semester. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. In the United States, the choice of classes is very diversified. That's true. You want to take a class in it, and there's pretty much, you know, anything you want to do. Um, in France, students have to know very early on what career they would like to pursue and specialize in the relevant field of study from their very first year in university. Yikes. And so... I think you do see some colleges like that. The variety is usually when you go to a liberal arts college, because that's the whole purpose, to mm -hmm. kind of expose yourself to these different points of view. And it's actually, as you learn more about different topics, it helps you understand how things are connected. Yeah. That's where true learning takes place, in my opinion. I'm with you there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like that idea of just having that fixed career path at age 18 and then that's running. It. Yeah. It's really terrifying. Because no one knows. Where would I be? <laughs> I'd still probably be at Chick-fil-A. I'd still be doing real estate. Let's see, number 11. In the United States, the graduation ceremony is a real event, much like it's portrayed in TV and movies. Uh, I don't know, I didn't go to mine. So. I, yeah, I hate those things. Let's see, in France, some universities organize ceremonies, but most often receiving one's diploma is much less grandiose in the United States. And they have a tweet in French that we can't read. Um, so I have no idea what that actually says. <laughs> Um, I used up all of my French at the beginning of this, so I am worthless there. But they do say, generally, French parents don't really care about the graduation ceremony as long as their kids get their diplomas. Man. Which, let's be honest, that's the important part, right? Yeah, good heavens. In the United States, winter break, it lasts super long, but not summer break. Wait, the huh? So, our winter break's like two weeks? Mm-hmm. But not summer break. What? That doesn't make... Okay, let's see what it says. Oh, no. It's... Winter break. it's a typo. They're talking about spring break. Okay. Which Winter break in between semesters can last one and three months, depending on the college. Even spring break lasts about ten days in the spring. I want to work at these places, man. This sounds pretty good. However, college three classes months. start very early here in the United States, in August, early September, so summer vacations are much shorter than France. So what about France, then? Fine. In France, classes begin in October, and they have shorter breaks between one and two weeks at a time. And again, they put some French <laughs> in there that we can't read. Okay. That, that, I, I don't know about this one, but... I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to... Don't worry about that one, guys. We're going to go to the next one. Uh, in the United States, having to read 500 pages before next class is kind of normal. In France, they're given bibliographies at the beginning of the semester, and they do with them as they please. And so they don't necessarily read everything, but then again, neither do we. Okay, so with the 500 pages, are we talking grad school? Yeah, no, that's not normal. 
I don't think, right? Like, I, I mean, I was reading three novels a week in grad school, and that was happening out, like, 1,500 for three classes. But, yeah. yeah, no. No, I think they're a little off on that one, too. Maybe when you get to, like, the better universities, like Yale and Harvard, they're reading that much. But for most people, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, United States libraries are open all days of the week. They're often open 24-7, or they close very late. And then France, libraries are kind of a pain. Close on Sundays, during vacations, between noon and two. We have to get your siesta. That's uh, Isn't that Spanish? Yeah, but I'm sure they have to <laughs> on it. Whatever that is. Yeah. We don't. But France does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's often a struggle to find empty seats. I don't know. Uh, at this point, I don't even know if students know what libraries are. <laughs> they don't. And let's see. 16, but... All the many perks of going to college in the U.S. does have its price. In the United States, college tuition costs tens of thousands of dollars per year. In France, registration costs a few hundred euros. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? At the rate everything's going, New York's already switched over. Free four-year colleges. If you got the residency and the work and you keep your grades up. Yeah. Yeah. We might get down under a few hundred euros for ourselves. In the end, I mean, it's going to be paid for one way or the other. They're streamlining the cost because they're not offering as many of like, the extra perks and benefits because you can kind of, you know, they have a much more open system here. The schools have to compete, so they have to provide those things and get their enrollment up. And they get their money from the tuition rather than with France and other systems they get it from the state. Subsidized. Right. Yep. So it's being paid for through tax money rather than the tuition. It's being paid for. It's just where the money's coming from is what we're looking at. I'm okay with that. All right. It's time for recommended readings. This is where we each share something that we've come across in life somewhere or somehow, and it caught our attention. Now we want to share it with you and encourage you to check them out. So, Carl, what do you want to recommend? So I'm taking a book from the, or a page from the Paul Crowley book of recommendations and going with a podcast. Nice. Um, so I got incredibly sucked into S-Town, courtesy of the folks who gave us Serial and This American Life, and it is amazing. <laughs> I know you consumed it as well. Yeah, you listen to it, and when it finishes, you just have that desire to know just a little bit more, right? Because <laughs> they leave you hanging, you're like, well, uh, you know. So, but the journey is yeah, just you, amazing. You listen to the first episode, and you're like, I'm not sure what to make of this. You listen to the second episode, and even towards the end of that, you're like, okay, I kind of see where they're going. And then the way it ends, without spoiling anything, you're like, what? <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's an absolute delight. And yeah. It's worth the journey. It's going to take seven, eight hours. Something like that. It's but all the episodes good. are available from download straight up. Yes. They, they made it so you can binge it if you No want. waiting. No having to serial it. <laughs> so I told myself that I was not going to recommend a podcast. So this Shocking. is this is technically not a podcast, <laughs> but it's something very similar to it. In that Apple does provide a certain program, iTunes U, where you can go in and access content from a lot of the major universities and colleges throughout the United States or actually throughout the world. And so there are many places, Harvard, Yale, MIT, um, University of California system, University of Alabama, all these different places, they provide certain courses and the lectures online. So basically the, the teacher just recorded themselves, either video uh, with the video or just the audio. And sometimes they even have the additional things where you can actually do the assignments on such stuff. And so there's one in particular that I want to recommend. It's from Harvard University. 
It's their, it's kind of an ethics and philosophy course from Michael Sandel entitled Justice. It's usually somewhere in the top 10 or top 20. I remember watching this a few years ago, and I went through and watched some of them more recently. And it's just, it's just excellent. The way he approaches the different scenarios and how he provides information, he interacts with the students and gets the participation and gets the debating points. You know, it's just, it's, it's highly recommended to just kind of, if you're interested in philosophy and ethics, worth checking out. Huh. All right. I'm incredibly intrigued. You'd enjoy it. Well, I'll give it a shot. Well, guys, that actually wraps up our show for the week. Thank you so very, very much for listening in. We appreciate any feedback or questions you may have. Please reach out to us at failatcollege at gmail.com. On Instagram, we're at failatcollege. And you can find me, Paul, on Twitter with the handle PBCrowley. If you like the show, help us out with a great review and a five-star rating to iTunes. You know, that helps us out um, getting people to find out about us. What also helps us out is when you subscribe to the show. So if you haven't done that, please do. If you know someone who hasn't, grab their phone, do it for them. Paul, I really feel like that inflection on I am on Twitter with the handle was a little... Well, I mean, once you make yours not private anymore, you put yours in there too. <laughs> Uh, Paul and I produce and edit the show ourselves and our theme music is by Broke for Free. The outro music comes from Chris Dack. Until next time, folks, we are How to Fail at College. Thank you so very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.